Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, dude. The 90s called. With Christine Taylor and David Lasher. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Hey, Dude, the 90s called podcast. I'm David. Hi, David. I am Christine, your co-host. What's up? <laughs> What's up? I'm so excited about this episode today. I... <laughs> I am seriously so excited. I have Richard Marx's music on loop, and uh, Daisy and Daisy Fuentes and I are such old friends. Uh, I don't even know where to start and how to interview both of them together. I was gonna say this is like we could have hours with each of them individually, right. but it's kind of fun when you get a couple. I really love having sort of a duo on to be able to like when we had um. Bonnie and Bill yeah. on. Oh my God. Yeah. That was just so great. Like just getting because you get you get so much inside dirt, I think. Yeah. She would fill in wherever he remember didn't remember something. And but but Richard Marks and Daisy Fuentes are are very private people. Like I can't believe we got them. I mean, I I texted her since January. Since we started. I remember. Yeah. And uh, so this, this is like these were these were dream guests of ours, everybody, to all of our listeners. 
sometimes, yeah. sometimes we have to bring on guests that we are dying to interview. <laughs> and this, these, these, Daisy was at the top of your list. We, I don't think we ever in a million years thought we would get them together. Well, no, we had Carson on and we had Bill on, uh, Bill Bellamy uh, talking about the MTV days. But Daisy was this bright, shining light that I guest hosted weeks with her on um, the beach house. I don't know. We 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 just we spent so much great time together, and then she ended up marrying one of the greatest songwriters I think ever, uh, Richard Marks. So we have them on together, and should we welcome them in? Okay, okay. Daisy Fuentes and Richard Marks. Woo! Welcome, What's welcome up? to our show, Christine and David. David. <laughs> oh my God! It's so good to see you. <laughs> so happy to see you. This is so cool. And I just have to say, Richard, you and Ben have been trying to make a date, get together, right? And I get you before he gets you. We do. Is we, this- we joked about it on text the other day. Um, but before that, you know, we've been trying to get together for about two and a half years. And so then I was. I think you should break up. I was coming to New York. <laughs> and so I texted him and he was like, this is so great. We're going to make it happen. And I said, well, I'm just giving you plenty of time so that there's lots of ways to cancel. <laughs> is, isn't it so true? So my, it's like we just, all, <laughs> we all want be to make it happen. better for us not to meet at all. <laughs> Maybe that keeps the mystery alive, yeah. right? Oh, no no God, one I wants know. to commit to anything. No, right. he's dying to make it happen. I, no, truly, I'm so jealous. Things. He's very jealous of this. Well, right I now. think that now maybe we should make it a double date or a triple date. Yeah, totally. It all go. Let's do it. <laughs> Anytime, Daisy. I have not seen you in years. It has been way too many years, like over a decade, like fifteen years. Would you say? I I honestly don't know, but Christine, I texted Daisy about this. And she's like, I, I don't remember much about the 90s. And I was like, neither do I. <laughs> I didn't think I was stoned oh. the entire decade. <laughs> I wish I was. <laughs> but it's, it's, Daisy and I had, I, I want to go back and, and go, we have each of you here. So Daisy and I, ho- I guest hosted with her on uh, Beach House MTV for a number of weeks. And we had so much fun and bonded and became great friends. But Daisy, you, you, how did you start? Cause we've had, we've had Carson Daly on here. We had Bill Bellamy on here. Like, how did you find MTV or how did they find you? And I, I think you started as a weather girl or what, what, what how, how did it start? <laughs> I did. It was a fluke. I, I started doing the weather for um, Univision in New York in Spanish um, I just took a chance. I was modeling and I had met this lovely woman after one of the fashion shows and we started speaking Spanish and she said, oh, your Spanish is great and you speak English. Have you ever thought about doing Spanish television? And I thought, no, why? She said, well, because my husband is the president of Univision and he's looking for a weather girl. And I thought, just like that? That's how it works? <laughs> That's easy. <laughs> That's easy. Okay. So she kind of took me under her wing. And then from there, I realized that I really liked television. I didn't want to do the news. I was too young. I wanted to have fun. I, I was watching MTV like everyone on the planet was. It was like literally on everywhere that we went. Right. So I think I kind of manifested it. I told one of my editors that that's what I really wanted to do. He goes, well, just put a little tape together of what you've done. I'm like, it's all in Spanish. It's like local me looking like an idiot and, you know, 
like doing the weather with big hair and like Connecticut going through my bangs over here. <laughs> it was awful. But, <laughs> but he knew a guy who knew a guy whose wife's brother or something knew the on-air talent director at MTV. And I sent the tape in, got a chance for an audition. And before I knew it, I was hosting MTV Latino, which was going out to all of Latin America and U.S. Latin market. And of course, it was just, I think, a few months after that, before I had a chance to audition for MTV U.S. And I was doing both MTV in Spanish and English simultaneously, literally going from one studio to the next. And doing looking the same way just different languages and it was the first time that was done so that was really exciting it sounds like it happened it happened very fast it did it did were you very comfortable like when you started to do the weather aside from the awkwardness of of that green screen and that, were you just comfortable in front of the camera I, I model going from modeling to actually yeah, yeah that's, that's not an easy transition no for and i was really young i think i was like 19 and i had no television experience at all. You were too young to be scared. I was too young to <laughs> right. be too young and too brash. That's what it was. I was just like, this is an opportunity. I mean, what's the, I'll just go for it. I wasn't thinking of what's the worst that can happen. I just thought I have nothing to lose. <laughs> right, right. That's the beauty of being young, right? Like right? You, you really have no fear. And uh, yeah, you became this beautiful shining light of of this MTV oh. generation. I mean, no, you really were. You were, Christine, Daisy was just like, so she was just so positive and so amazing. And uh, yeah, I had a huge crush on you, by the way. Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> Thank you. Thank I you. think um, that was a universal theme. Oh, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> probably everybody. All young so men. Look what happened. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Lucky Richard. <laughs> You guys. <laughs> well, how, let me ask you, how did you guys meet? Twitter. Twitter. No way. Which means that Ben and I could conceivably yes. get together and get I married. I was just going to say <laughs> that. The bromance started on Twitter, too. So yeah. that yes. is where it all happens. Are you serious? Yeah, we, uh, we were both following, uh, unbeknownst to us, but we were both following Martha Quinn, who was one of the original MTV VJs. Of course. Oh, and yeah. um, Martha and I would get into these fun back and forths, these threads and this banter sometimes every once in a while. Back when Twitter was fun. Back when yeah. Twitter was. <laughs> exactly. This is 10 years ago, <laughs> 11 years ago. Um, we were having some fun back and forth. And Daisy saw it because she was following Martha. And she was like, oh, my. And she she wait, she she, uh, you know, joined the, the thread and replied to both of us and said, oh, my God, you guys are giving me such a sweeties, sweet 90s flashback. They were having this whole <laughs> 90s flashback conversation about music. And I was like, oh, this is so my jam, you guys. This is awesome. So I saw her reply and I immediately was like, oh, my God, Daisy Fuentes. I used to have the biggest crush on her. Oh, my God. And immediately I was like Googling, what does Daisy Fuentes look like now? <laughs> <laughs> And you, no oh, way. I love it. As so shallow, shallow as they get, of was, course. And she has not aged a day. I'll just tell our that. listeners. I was completely smitten all over again, um, just by how beautiful she, even more beautiful. But then I read about all the things that she had done, and she started her own brand years ago, and she was like kicking ass. And so I thought, really, that's good for her. So then we started following each other. 
Um, and I think we, I think I DM'd you just saying, hey, it's so great to see you here. And if I'm ever doing a show near where you are, I'd love you to be my guest. But I didn't flirt with her or anything. I was married. I was coming about to end my first marriage. I was kind of um, in the beginning of that transition. And, and then like a year or a year mm-hmm. and a half went by. Um, I had become separated, but I, w- I didn't announce it. It wasn't public knowledge. Yeah, I didn't know what the deal was. I was like, is he just being like I've creepy? Been really is he, does he think <laughs> I'm going to like be down with like for this? Because I'm wait, not. Wait, 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 hold on, Daisy. <laughs> right. you, you, you obviously were a fan of his music, right? I mean, all yeah, of us were. I, you know, I had lost track of him. But again, when I saw his name on Twitter and then we started following each other, now we're just kind of on each other's radar, you know? And now we're just right, right, aware okay. that we we exist you know and so for a year i didn't think anything of it until like a year later he invited me to a show he was doing in la and of course i start going wait what is this about is he flirting is he married what's the deal what? <laughs> right because i was single and i i was not about to be you know be getting into a situation with somebody who was married but then i thought to myself listen we're all adults here that's not necessarily what this means we can make we can all be friends like maybe he there's nothing behind it he's just being nice and inviting me to a thing. And this is all on Twitter? Yes. <laughs> I remember. Oh, my remember God. <laughs> like, not even like uh, like one of the dating apps. This is just... No, no, no. Hey, I remember Twitter before... is a dating app, by the way. And so is Instagram. Don't I never don't knew know that. that. I remember way before we really communicated um, and long before we met, I would see every once in a while that she had liked one of my tweets and I would always thought, oh, that's cool. Or I would like, she would post something that I thought was funny or interesting and I would like it. Because that is sort of like um, currency in social media, right? <laughs> that's, it might as well be like swipe right or swipe left. What is it? Right. Right. <laughs> a, a like is like a swipe right. I distinctly remember, I'm paraphrasing, but I tweeted something like, all these people I keep hearing about saying, that they like chocolate better than sex are obviously not having very good sex. <laughs> and, then, and then the next thing I saw was retweeted by Daisy Fuentes. <laughs> no, she retweeted you. You were like, she's speaking my language. Yeah. So then it was, um, um, a, you know, a year and change later, maybe even more. And I was separated and I, I was playing, I was doing a show um, that was filmed for PBS at the Grammy Museum in L.A. And I thought, oh, I'll invite Daisy. And I swear, I was still kind of reeling from getting separated and about to get divorced. And I was not um, looking to get in any other relationship. I wasn't dating. But I thought I'd gotten to know her on Twitter a little bit. And I definitely always wanted to meet her. So I invited her to the show and I DM'd her. And she didn't respond for like two days. And I thought, oh, okay, whatever. (laughs) Well, she had immediately called her publicist and said, hey, Richard Marsh just uh, reached out to me. And he's doing a show at the Grammy Museum in a couple of weeks. And he invited me and I'd like to go, but I want to get tickets. Can you help me get tickets? And she went, he's my client. No, you had the same publicist. So she was like, okay. So so they came to the show and I met her that night. There's actually a picture of us meeting. Yeah, the there, was, uh, there was some a Getty photographer. Just a photographer. Then the minute we, we said hello, it was just like, they just asked us for a picture. Literally like the second that we said hello. So yeah. we have that Pretty forever. Cool. That yeah. so cool. And then, so, and then a few weeks later, uh, I was still living in Chicago at the time. And then I was in the process of moving back to LA. And then a few weeks later, I 
came back into town and asked her out to dinner and we had a three and a half hour epic dinner. And then we just started to get to know each other. And now it'll be eight years married in December. I know. Wow. Sounds so serendipitous. Right? That you guys had the same publicist and yeah, it seems like it was meant to be. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure... It kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. 
they burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs in Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I know you guys are very private people, so we really appreciate you coming on here and and telling your stories. I, I, I see you guys on Twitter, but I think you've been like, you, you've gone off of it for a while. Oh, I bailed the minute. We uh, left. Elon Musk took over. I haven't been on it since. I mean, yeah. I think my camp has, has put, tweeted a couple of like show announcements or something, but I haven't interacted at all. I haven't been on it at all. Have you guys moved over to threads? Is that what is is that the Instagram I tried one? To. Yeah. I tried to and it just wasn't the same. You know? Yeah. So now I kind of just hang out on Instagram and I'm you know. I'm I act like I know what I'm talking about. I was never on Twitter. I have a private Instagram account that is fun. <laughs> <laughs> but I yeah, Chris, by the right. way, Christine is not on any social media. She's like, but the only friend I have that doesn't do it at all. No, but and I she's do I have happy. I have a private account that I love. Like, I get a lot of puppy videos. I get a lot of food yeah. videos. I get my I family. You know, it's okay, enough. Okay, then I'm going to request a follow because I will send you puppy videos Perfect. And, and recipe videos Perfect. all day long. That is my thing. Perfect. I saw a really good one today that I need to get to you. Um, <clears throat> let me ask you guys. I First of all, that's I love that story. Richard, you were a fan of Daisy's and Daisy when you like David had said to you were you a fan of Richard's mute like because David and I talked before you guys came on like it, yeah we're super fans every <laughs> song like everything in my like there's not a a, a a period in time where there's not a song of yours Richard that correlates with yeah. a moment in life or a or like a milestone or something and it's just like it's it's it, all it is, dropping yeah it, the, it, the prolific <laughs> writing is uh, uh, unbelievable well that's very nice of you guys that's I, I i love hearing that and and knowing that you know over the years over the decades of um people coming up to me and telling me you know a version of that and hearing about people who you know i write all these songs for my for my own very selfish purposes and it's ne i've never sat down to try to write a hit song or write a song that you never, know never never come on never i always <laughs> never, just never. write bike you know and i it, but it, but it's nice when they're hit it's awesome when they're hits <laughs> but um i've taken lately to uh you know i've had so many people tell me that they got you know their their high school graduation they used hold on to the nights or they used this i promise you for this or the song I wrote for Josh Groban to where you are at somebody's funeral or whatever. But now when people come up and they say, we, we got married to your song, I always go, was it should have known better? 
<laughs> you are. Uh, I want to. Oh, I want to talk about. I. I. There's no way to go through your whole catalog, but I want but you to can talk. Try. About, <laughs> no, I just. I want to talk about my favorite song of yours. Um, it don't mean nothing. And and a friend of mine the other day, when I told him we were going to interview you said, you know, Joe Walsh plays lead, lead guitar on that. I, I, and 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 then I re-listened to it and I'm like, oh yeah, of course that's Joe Walsh. How did I not fucking ever know that? <laughs> um, but it's a cautionary tale about moving to LA. And when I moved to LA, I read the book Lesson Zero twice. Yeah. And and I and I really heard your words on the the lyrics in that song, don't trust anybody, everyone's full of shit, don't do drugs. And when you're trying to make a living, there's no pride to like fucking take the money. And I still hear those words today, you know, like it, you, you were ahead of your time on that song, but did you have a, did you have a bad experience in LA and where did, where was the motivation for that song? How old were you when you well, wrote that? Well, that's what I was about to say. Yeah. I will, I will explain David. And it's one of my favorite songs too. Um, and it's the song that introduced me to everybody. So I owe everything to that song. But the truth is, that song is a very cynical lyric about, like you said, don't trust anybody, don't believe anybody, don't believe anything till you sign it on the dotted line. It's so cynical. And I wrote it when I was 22 years old, dating a movie star <laughs> and singing background <laughs> vocals on Lionel Richie's records and like having the best time, like doing really well. Yeah. But I had experienced in just a few years in LA, I had experienced a tremendous amount of rejection and also a lot of empty promises. And I was already kind of getting a sense of the bullshit that still we experience on a pretty regular basis. And I, I guess it's coming from the Midwest and just sort of being someone who I always honor my word. And I, I'm, I'm just, you can say a lot of things about me that I'm, you know, there are people who I'm sure don't like me, but probably I don't think there's anybody that would say that I'm full of shit or that I am a jive guy, you know? Did you just say jive? Jive. A jive. <laughs> That's a super 80s word. You're wow. such a jive ass. Okay. <laughs> um, but that song is so full of cynicism, but the truth is I was 22 and like I was, everything was kind of okay, but it was, a, it was fuel for a good lyric that a lot of people could relate to. Yeah. That angst. That angst yeah. when you're yeah. 22 and you've, you know, got a bone to pick, but like you can look back Huge on it now. Right? But it still kind of works, right? The whole thing still stands today. Every, I have so many oh. people. To, to, that's another one. People come up to me and they go, that's my anthem. Don't mean nothing to my anthem. It really is. It's like, it's like advice given from a family member, a father or older brother to someone moving to LA. Yeah, I, I always remembered those lyrics because I really romanticized L.A. When I came here, I. I was like, this is all going to be beautiful and roses. But obviously, the you know, the things that you say in that song are very true. And uh, I just was wondering if you had had a bad experience here. You, but you because you talk about auditioning and like all this stuff. And well, you know, look, I like every almost there's there's hardly any successful recording artists who didn't get rejected by at least one or two record companies. I was rejected by all the record companies for for a couple of years. 
in a row on the basis of songs like Endless Summer Nights and Should Have Known Better that became top five singles. But um, what what was the what was the response? What was that? Ba- it was no. It's not. Spe- it's it's. Yeah. There's no. You don't. You, you, there's no hits. You don't look right. Um, your your voice isn't distinctive. Um, oh my god! You're not commercial. You know, I had <laughs> David Foster, the record producer, who I was working with a lot at that time. I was singing background vocals on some of his. So he was just becoming big as a producer. Um, and we wrote a couple of songs. We wrote a song for Sam Spire together. So I was sort of working behind the scenes and, and, uh, and David was really starting to blow up and I've always really admired his talent. And one day he told me that I shouldn't sing. And you were how old? When I was 19. He, ba- he basically told me when I was 19. year old kid that. You shouldn't even do that. You should just be, try to be a producer because you're not a star. You don't, you don't have what it takes. And it was just wow. brutal, you know? It was like stuff like that made you Have go. you talked to him since then about oh, yeah. it? We, we joke about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My God, dude. Your and vocals on like, hold on like, to I'll the do night. charity events with David and every once in a while. And he'll tell the story. And he'll say, I told Richard Marks when he was 19 <laughs> that he should give up his dream. But, you know, that's what gave him the fuel <laughs> to become the super. And so finally, oh, he's, he spins it to yeah, yeah, he, he did you a favor. Would tell a 19 year old kid to give up his dream and then make himself the hero of that story. <laughs> he's right. Take credit for it. Take credit for your success. <laughs> that right. is brilliant. I, I did him a favor by telling him to quit. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't listen, luckily. Luckily. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. 
In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Gene. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene! Run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's talk to both of you about your hair. 80s and 90s hair, both of you. Who wins the prize for bigger hair? (laughs) Oh, my God. If we had kids, there would be like chia pets or cosmetics. (laughs) I swear. I swear. Richard had better hair than most women, right? Don't yeah. we? Can we? Can we all agree on that? Still does, by the way. Still <laughs> right? does. No, his hair is great right now. <laughs> but yeah, your hair kind of talk about like having a look for for the moment. Like that really tragic. Was, no, that was. But it was, was it a mullet? mullet? Was it, can we call it a mullet or no? Oh, full on. Oh, yeah. It was a fluffy mullet. Yeah, but it was a fluffy It was very mullet. fluffy. It yeah. It wasn't. And there was a brief <laughs> period where it was a technical mullet, like a like a classic Bono mullet or a Billy Ray Cyrus. I had it yes. briefly there where it was really super short on the sides. And, you know, but then it just sort of became this poofy, Helmet. helmety, feathered, <laughs> like almost feathered. Oh, feathered. God, love and feathered. And I was from Jersey. So, it, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s in Jersey, like I think that's where the ozone layer started to break was upside <laughs> above Jer- Jersey right, right above, above your the mall. head no, right, yeah. right above the mall yeah. I was in Pennsylvania so I was one state over and I was we were getting it we were getting the Jersey I had all yeah. of it the, yeah so <laughs> the, my the over perpetually tan when we look year. at our pictures from that time it, I was like we if we got together ever at that time, our hair would not even fit in a car. No. Like how we, it, it was ridiculous. But yeah, it was very similar. Oh, I love, love it. 
Wait, Daisy. Uh, to this day, when I talk, you know, because I'm very proud that I still have pretty much every hair on my head. And they say, you always talk about your hair too much. Can't you talk about current events? And I say, okay, how does my hair look right now? <laughs> Currently. Currently. Your hair looks fantastic right now. It's like short, but a little spiky. Thank you, bro. Like you're 20 years Both old. Both of you still have incredible hair too. So, man, you're doing it all right. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, goodness. Wait, I'm going to go back to Daisy, but then back to Richard about the sync music. But Daisy, how did you go into uh, becoming an entrepreneur and a businesswoman? And like your 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 brands are amazing. And how did you pivot into that world? Um, it, it was, uh, again, an opportunity that came my way. And I'm very big on jumping on an opportunity when it's presented to you, um, not overthinking it too much if it makes sense for you. And for me, it made sense at the time. It was the very beginning of licensing and branding. So back in 2004, none of us really knew what branding was, right? And licensing and what that was all about. So I had an opportunity, um, to, to do licensing for a small sportswear line. And I just thought, well, I, ju- I just came off of doing House of Style at MTV. I really do feel like I have uh, a little bit of the inside scoop on fashion. I, I knew a lot of um, fashion designers and stylists, and, and I, I was into it. I loved it. So I thought, well, I'm already doing this in the form of modeling for other people. Why not? There's nothing wrong with doing it for myself. Uh, let me right. give it a shot. And, see. and I thought it was going to become a little fashion side hobby. Uh, it was at the time that a lot of actors and a lot of musicians and a lot of models were turning down these types of opportunities because they oh, I remember. Yes, I remember people. It was it was sort of frowned upon. People remember right. when when big actors would only do commercials in other countries. Right. Yeah. They didn't want them shown in the states. It was really right, but like Richard Richard's lyrics. When you're trying to make a living, there's no such thing as pride. That is true. <laughs> Just go for it. That's Take the true. Money. And I didn't even see it as selling out or as right. doing. Anything. No, it's not. That would ruin my career. I just thought, this is what I do. I'm a model. I sell products for other people. Um, uh, this sounds interesting. I don't, I'm not sure what it is, but it, it's an opportunity to expand in what I'm doing and to make a little extra money. And little did I know that we were learning as we were going and it turned into a full-blown brand where it kind of took over my television career. And were you business savvy? I mean, did you just learn as you went along or you surrounded yourself by with great people who you trusted and you're like, let me hold your hand and teach me this? Yeah, I definitely surrounded myself with with people who had experience in retail and manufacturing. And we were all learning as we went when it came to licensing and when it came to branding. It was the wild, wild west. So we did just learn as we go. Amazing. That's why I always tell people when, and you know, and everybody is so focused these days on what they want to do and where they want to go. And, you know, whether you want to be a big star or a big entrepreneur or big, whatever, and they stay so laser focused on what they want to be that they disregard all these little opportunities that come their way that are really detours to get you probably to a bigger place than you can even imagine. Cause that's what happened for me. And that's what's happened 
all along my career is you take chances on on these little detours and these opportunities that you didn't plan, but they get you even further than what you were planning on going. Right. It's the ste- yeah. these little stepping stones right? that if you you don't you miss the forest through the tree. What is the, what's the expression? Miss the, the forest, forest through the trees. Through the or trees something? But you, yeah, listen yeah. to the universe. The universe will sort of guide you. Right. I mean. And and leaving your comfort zone by far to me in my life, that's where all the great stuff happens. And hundred percent. And I kind of hate that because these days I'm just looking to get deeper into my comfort zone. <laughs> same, same. Right? right? We get to that point where like, no, I'm just happy in my little bubble. Yes, I'm like really a cold plunge. No, make it oh. look and put bubble bath in it. Oh. <laughs> the, the cold Wait, are plunges. you guys cold plungers? Are you cold plungers? <gasps> yes, a little bit. Yeah, okay, like, Ben like- is a cold plunger. Ben is a cold plunger. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so kind of amazing. It's amazing. Well, I think you're the the advertisement for it because <laughs> you're like fountain of youth, both of you. So oh, that's God, the answer. Too. Cold plunges, everybody. Both of you. you look exactly the same as always. You look like kids. Uh, oh. Wait, I got to ask Richard about. We, we had Lance Bass on the other night, the other day, and. Oh, yeah. You know, they have their first song. I'm sure Justin called them and said, I have a song for us to do together for the new um, Trolls soundtrack. But he told me on a side that you had written some of the songs for their biggest album, No Strings Attached. How did that come about? And who sang lead vocals on um, This I Promise You? Was it Justin or JC? And how did that happen? Uh, It was both. Um, And a lot of their hits uh they would take turns so the like first verse would be one of them and then second verse would be the other uh, so it was really between justin and jc they had two great lead vocalists with very distinctively different sounds and types of voices um i it was like 1999 so they were blo- they had just blown up they were the biggest group in the world right and they were making their follow-up record and as I recall, they were they were, they had a record company dispute, and there was a lawsuit going on. So there was a delay in them putting out another album. So the anticipation was huge, but they wanted to get to it because you know that at that time your audience can bail on you pretty quickly. Yeah, so Lance, also- Lance said that there, it was like uh, you know uh, record, rehearse, yeah. tour record rehearse tour and it went on for you know i don't know with how no many break. albums with no right. break and, then, and then justin said i need a break and then the break never stopped because he yeah. he w- went into the strategy but uh i got a call from a guy at a record company who from their record company asking if i had any songs for them and i i had just written this song called this i promise you because i had it in mind i'd met this uh group of three sisters at a wedding they were singing at this wedding and they were really great and so i had this idea of you know trying to sign them to a record deal and and i want so i needed to write a song that would be really a cool pop song that had great three-part harmony so i wrote this i promise you with them in mind and then that whole deal kind of got complicated and so then i thought oh maybe i can turn this into something for nsync so i did a little demo of it in my house that night and i sent it in the next day and the guy from the label really loved it. And then he said, the guys love the song, but they also want you to produce it. So that meant that I went to record it with them, spent a few days in the studio with them. And um, it was just like the most effortlessly fun 
great experience. All five of those guys were really talented. They were really professional. I worked mostly with JC and Justin, obviously, but, um, and I'm still friendly with JC to this day. Um, he was at our wedding party and, um, really classy quality human being he is. And Lance is a great guy. Um, and I, I got to know Lance a little bit post working with them, but it was just one of those things. It was like, um, I sort of accidentally got a ticket on a runaway train and having a song on that no strings attached album was just, it was hilarious for me because, you know, I was used to, I had been used to the guy when I put out a song, I'm the guy that, you know, had to get up at four in the morning for good morning America and go and rehearse and sound check seven times. And then you do the live thing and you're exhausted and then you write to another interview. And I would be seeing in sync promoting my song while I'm home having breakfast and having coffee. <laughs> They're doing all the hard work and I'm just collecting the check. It, it is a great song. It's, it's, I do, it, I, it's, I it's honestly one of my favorite ballads I, I, ever written. But so when you wrote that song, did, was there like, did you feel like uh, regret giving it to someone else to sing? Cause you were so successful doing your own music. How was that, you know, writing something and then giving it away to someone else? Well, number one, I'd always done that. I started out as a songwriter for other people. So I wrote hits for other artists like Kenny Rogers, and I wrote songs for Chicago and Philip Bailey and um, oh a handful of different people before I even had a record deal. And then when I started having my own hits, I never stopped doing that. So like, I think it was a year after I had my first hit album, I wrote and produced a song for an all-girl heavy metal band called Dixon. And that was a hit. And a song called Edge of a Broken Heart. And then I wrote a song for Poco two years later, and that was a hit. And so I never, I, I never really, um, I always knew, like, as I was writing a song, oh, I'm going to keep this one for me. But then by the time the NSYNC thing happened, my run at radio as a, as a hit maker, as an artist, had had its 10 years, and I was not really getting played on the radio anymore. In fact, very few of the white male singer songwriters of that time it had really shifted to more r&b artists mm -hmm. and, and dance grunge, stuff right, like that. Yeah. so me and brian adams and michael bolton and phil collins we were sort of not on pop radio anymore but i just was like oh, that's fine i'll write songs for other people and then the the instinct thing was just it was just massive it was a massively huge song that still you know gets played a lot today which is great still yeah it's huge uh, yeah it's a, such a beautiful song i love the lyrics i give you my my heart i give you my word this is a battle we've won you two obviously are in that space like i i love you forever you can trust me forever and we don't have to worry about that anymore which is probably what most people you know get broken up over yeah you know yeah. you guys it's funny you say that because and this is just one example that's an example this i promise you an example but there's this song that i wrote um when i was 18 with a, an amazingly gifted uh composer and orchestrator he just he just left us a couple of years ago in his 90s and his name was jeremy lubbock he was a british um arranger conductor but he also wrote some songs. He wrote a song for Al Jarreau and um, 
And I met him when I was 18 and I just moved to LA and we wrote a song together called The Best of Me. And this song has been recorded by uh, Olivia Newton-John, Barry Manilow, Cliff Richard. Had a Wait, was him. that was that a David? Did Olivia Newton-John and David Foster do yes. that song? I yes. know that song. I, yeah. I like that. David was, Foster, uh, who told you you David shouldn't have Foster. been a singer. <laughs> oh no, no, no! That song was like <laughs> in the eighties. So, I still love that song. I have it oh, on mixes. That's, that's great because it wasn't ever really a hit here in America. But I love that you know that song. But yes. Um, I just sang, I just did a concert in Nashville a few months ago with the Nashville Symphony. And I wanted to do that song, even though I've never recorded it on an album or anything like that. Um, but I had Jeremy's original string arrangement. So we used that with the Nashville Symphony. And Daisy was in the audience, as she usually is. And I was introducing the song and talking about my friendship with Jeremy and, and uh, that I wrote the song when I was 18. And then I said... I actually realized that I wrote this song about Daisy 30 years, 31 years before I met her. <laughs> it's amazing. And wait, 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 what's the name of the song? The Best of the Me. Best of me. Like, you were my one more chance I never thought I'd find. You I'm getting goosebumps. I'm, I'm writing this down right now. My mind. No one will ever touch me more. And I only hope that in hope return, I might have I'm saved the save. best of me for you. Oh my gosh. So I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. I just love this song more than anything. But we did it and I started fucking crying in the the show. I know. I know. I was dying. I was dying. It was like one of those like movie moments. I was like, like my inside voice was like, pull it together, man. (laughs) My inside (laughs) voice. Wait, is, can we hear that version or is that just, was, was that recorded? We can? Yeah. You know what? Daisy can send it to you. Oh we, we snuck a little a little recording because they don't like to do that. Those yeah, I recorded the whole thing. I've sent you the audio. Send, yeah, yeah. I'll send, I'll send it to I you. I would love to hear that. Oh. Honestly, <laughs> Daisy, I, I listen, musicians get the hottest, best girls. And I, you, you must have been in love with his so, – I mean, Richard the Poet, I was, I was just listening to a song about your father that literally made me cry right before we got on here. I think he Which won one? a Grammy for it. Oh, yeah. Dance with my father. Uh, Dancing oh. with my father. Christine, have you heard this song? No, no. Oh, my God. I mean, my I'm dad sure. passed away in 2006. And I was literally crying before I got on this uh, on this podcast. Well, Dance with my father, I wrote with Luther Vandross. It was the last song he ever wrote. Oh, my God. Is that true? And, yeah. It was the last song. We were great friends, and we'd written uh, several songs together. And he and I wrote Dance with my father. And when he finished recording it, Ten days later, he had a stroke, and ultimately, about a year later, he passed. Um, but we, but he lived to see us win the Grammy Song of the Year that year for that song. So I'm really proud of that one. Yeah, Christine, you have you have to listen I'm to going that song. To. I'm I was going I was to. literally in tears, wiping yeah. with tissues before we got on here. I'm hear. sure I know it. I don't. I'm yeah. terrible oh, sometimes with he'll, titles, with song he'll titles. Sing it. He'll sing it at his shows, and I look out into the audience, and, and everyone is singing. Barely I'm sure a I know it. eye when he sings that song. It's 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 yeah, it's heavy, but it's beautiful, and. Yeah. Uh, Wait, Richard, are you still touring? Uh, are you doing shows? Oh, What's, yeah. What? I'm always touring. And it's not so much, I mean, I use the word touring, but they're not really tours anymore because what I associate that word with is like, you know, back when we would make an album and you go out and tour to, you want to tour to support the album. 
now I just do shows. I just do shows all year long, year after year. I do mostly greatest hits, the greatest hits. And I always throw in a couple of new songs. I do sometimes songs that I wrote with other people or for other people. And that's part of our life. We just travel. I and travel with him a lot, especially when he goes to play all over the places world. And, oh, and do you, it's great. And you, you, I'm sure, can sort of cultivate where you want to go and what yeah. shows you want, right? Like, isn't well, that the best? He can't so much, can. but I can. You can. Yeah, like Daisy, when I like, Paris, check. London, check. Okay. New York City, check. Yeah. Wichita, Kansas. Oh, I'm going to let you go do I'm that I'm going to skip that one. Honey. Yeah, I'll see you when you get home, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Wichita. No offense to Wichita, but no, she's, the, you know, the, Daisy has work too. She's got her Yes. yes she's yeah. So D- Daisy's like Penny Lane in Almost Famous. <laughs> <laughs> she's the head groupie. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure... It kills you. 
join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And how about... Your kids, Richard. Is everybody musical in your family? Oh, yeah. Your kids are musicians. I want to hear about that collaboration. His boys are incredible. Well, we just, um, I just a week ago put out a new song. So I turned 60 on September 16th. And a couple weeks before, we went went out to a movie together. We all hang out together all the time. All All three of my sons were 33, 30. No, they just... Yeah, yeah, 33, 32, 32 and 30. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm 30. What a, honestly, what a blessing. Um, Amazing. They all live near us. They all hang out with us all the time. We're having dinner with one of them tonight. Yeah. Um, they're all really talented singer, songwriter, musicians. And I've worked with all of them separately from each other. But um, we went to see a movie and they said, what do you want for your birthday? And I said, I want to sit in a room and I want us all four to write a song together because we've never done that. So we got together at one of my son's house. He has a great studio in his house. And we wrote this song called Days to Remember. And it was so much fun. We wrote the whole song in about 48 minutes. Wait, it, and this is this is brand spanking new? It's yeah. Out, it just came out last week. It's on Spotify and I, Apple Music and every everywhere. Um, Writing this down right now. This is and, so exciting. Uh, a really Days fun, up-tempo pop song. My son Lucas produced it. We all, everybody sang background vocals. I'd sang the lead, but um, it was the most amazing experience. And all three of them were like, I thought maybe one of them would be a wallflower, maybe not contribute maybe as much as the other two, whatever. All three of them were just like, we were all finishing each other's sentences. We were writing the music together. Um, we all played all the instruments. And it was just a total blast. So yeah, I, I get to share... You know, they're my best friends, those three young men. And I'm really yeah. proud of the human beings they are. But we share this whole other language and this love for music. And it's awesome. When Every now and then they will um, all get up on stage and make a little appearance with him. And the song, their go-to song that they sing like... It's it's straight out of it's heaven. Amazing. It is this. I promise this, I you. Promise so you. they will all oh. do. This, I promise you. And the way they no. harmonize, I, I don't they, know how they do it. But it are is they vocalists, cool. guitar oh, players, yeah. amazing singers, Incredible. amazing singer. All three of them. 
And was it just wow. osmosis? Like in the household, they grew up with it and you could hear it and it was natural? Or did you right. immediately put them into, in, you know, the musical instruments and singing lessons? Or was it just like it they was came out? Because both, both you and their mom are musicals. Yeah. It's kind of in their singer. blood. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cynthia sang in some of the movies that she was in and a really good singer. Um, so they come by and honestly, the same thing with me, both my dad couldn't sing, but he was a, an amazing composer and conductor and, and my mother was a great singer. So I, I think that's just in our blood, but yeah, mm-hmm. once I realized that they really were into music, then I made them take piano lessons and do all that stuff, but they really are pretty much self-taught everything that they do. They've sort of cultivated themselves. Um, but yeah, I know David, you mentioned that song and it's so cool when like when we're, when we're on stage and they're all with me which happens maybe once every year or so. Yeah. I get to the line right before the chorus and then I stop singing and my sons go, and I will take you oh in my And the audience loses their shit. Yeah, it's kind of great. Oh, gosh. Well, we'll have I, listen, two of you Chris, to show yeah. Oh, I, dude, anytime you play LA, we, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm there. But Christine, you know, has a daughter at Juilliard amazing actress oh wow An- another son who's also interested in acting my daughter chelsea is like a big influencer and she just started in her first tv show and i was there on the set coaching her and oh, it's my just goodness. it's like it's surreal i know what you're it talking is. about it's so great it's it's surreal but Can yeah, I yeah. A question though both of you you can each answer this <laughs> obviously there is something so um I don't know what the right word is. It's exciting, but it's also just so sort of soulful when our offspring get into a, a, the same, if not similar, like they want to be in entertainment or they would, right? Because we all speak that language and everything. But I wonder what the thrill would be to have a kid who goes off in a completely different direction, but crushes it and is just having the best most successful life in in a field that we know nothing about that we can't even comprehend i would think that there's something amazing about that too because we also know the pitfalls of what we do and the shitty part of it you know well of course of course i mean that's the that's the hardest part i think as a parent knowing the the what you talked about from the very beginning the rejection the that nobody escapes it I don't care if you start out as a, you know, a success right out of the gates. There's a, there's a, you know, there are hills and valleys and nobody sustains. There's, there's disappointment and rejection at some point of it. And as a parent, you want them to be, you know, it's, I talk about this all the time. I want to keep them in the bubble. I want to just be, <laughs> yeah. protect them from everything. It, that doesn't work. They need to feel the pain. They need to feel it all. But yeah, I, I think you're right. We've always joked because there are no, like the math science gene in this yeah. artistic family yeah. kind of like just missed all of us. <laughs> There's no, math. N- nobody's engineering. Nobody's going to build any, uh, anything that's going to go to space. Nobody is going to cure a disease. In this but I mean, family. obviously, you know, Ben coming from his lineage yeah. with Jerry and Anne, but yeah. I mean, do you, do you, is your family? No, in, no, uh, you were no. the one who went off into some other yeah. crazy shit. I ended up in a weird, yeah, from Allentown, Pennsylvania into a weird place. And I had parents at least that were sort of, Daisy, what you said is sort of like, 
Why not? What has she got to lose? Like they had no clue. And and it's that it's that thing where you it was just I had parents that were willing to say yes, that were willing to say, why not? Yeah. yeah. And that's honestly, that's the best thing you can do as a parent. Whatever your kid's interested in, you support that. For sure. I, I, I have a daughter, Hannah, who is a, a business major at Tulane University in her junior uh, year. She just got a, a, a huge job at a financial firm, a very prestigious financial wow. firm. And it was as exciting to me as when Chelsea was on set starring in her show. Yeah. To me, it was like, this is Hannah doing her thing. She's That's brilliant at math and economics and like, uh, you know, I, yeah, I, Richard, what you're saying is so true. Wherever your kid finds their calling, as long as they're happy and right. they're doing where what, what their talent where their talent lies, it's so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, but I'm in awe. We- I'm in awe of of how our kids just like it is. It's that thing of they're so little for so long, and then now yeah. they're out in the world and it's just a little bit crazy yeah being on stage with your kids has to be something uh, otherworldly they just did uh, like maybe eight months ago they did the kelly clarkson show with me they sang with me on the kelly clarkson show all three of my sons oh my god it's that's just terrific yeah. i can't god i can't wait to hear this song are you playing la anytime soon uh, not LA proper that I know of probably too much year. I'm playing next weekend, actually. I'm playing a little ways out. I'm playing Lancaster and Cerritos, but not in LA proper. What about New York? New York will be next year, too. All right. What about well, Wichita? <laughs> <laughs> now that's what about right. Allentown? <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Um. Daisy, I love you. I miss you. Oh, I'm so you, happy David. to see you. I'm so happy for you that you've got this beautiful family and that you introduced me to Christine and we're doing this and, and let's stay in touch, please. Oh, this you got this was I mean, I wish we could have a full another hour. This was I such know. a treat. It, this is like I'm going to ha- we're going to hang up and. David and I, I know we're both going to separately like go into Spotify and <laughs> iTunes and just be like cranking your music all night, listening to the new song. David's going to listen to the best of me. Daisy's going to send us that version of it. Yep. Yes. Oh, yeah. Right? And you know what? When when you guys are in L.A. and Christine's in L.A., let's all, the six of us. Like, yeah, that'd be yes, great. Yeah. yeah. We're going to get Ben involved in this for sure. I love that. <laughs> This was such a treat. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. So fun. Love you both so much. See ya. Take care. Bye, guys. Oh, my gosh, David. I'm going to be floating for the rest of the night. I'm so excited. (laughs) That was really amazing. They are adorable together. I I mean, they're aside from just being like gorgeous to look at, and they are. Let me tell you, listeners, they are. Yeah, they both look amazing. They are um, so... They're just so sweet and fun and funny. Um, and I I just um super cool. Super cool. We really I feel like we only scratched the surface. Like Daisy had all kinds of acting credits that we never even talked about. I, well, um, you know, it's hard to interview two people at the same time, right? Is. Like I I I I didn't know what to I tried to go back and forth, but um it, but it it was, you know, to me, it's just it's more about when you get a couple like that, the dynamic and hearing them talk about each other and how they knew each other because they were both so iconic. 
in you know in their own right and how they knew of each other and they met on twitter i mean how I cool is that they <laughs> followed the same person i i listen i i think we got in in one hour we got as many stories out of the two of them as we could have possibly gotten but yeah we, i i get to talk to them for several more hours that was so fun and the music we've got you have to listen to that song and um yeah i think i'm gonna do a full richard marks playlist I'm going to make a playlist. Well, I, I've, been do, I've, I've been doing it all week. Endless summer nights. Hold uh, on to the night. But I think I'm now I'm so embarrassed because I feel like Dance With My Father. I probably know the song. I just didn't know that's what it was called. Ben makes fun of me all the time. He's like, you don't know this song. you know? And I was like, I don't know it by name, but hum it for me. If, if you play that song for Ben, <laughs> I guarantee you he cries. He's going to start to cry. I yeah. guarantee you. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. The, it, yeah, the in sync stuff I didn't even know about. That you know, he writes writing for other people and giving your songs away is Well, but also that's the great like he said that to me, that's the, the coolest thing ever because at a certain point when when the trend shifted and his he they were not artists being played, like he said, him right. and Phil Collins and Michael Bolton and Brian Adams and ha having that talent to write songs for other people and still do what you love and then you know, play shows. It doesn't his, get better. He his lyrics are beautiful. I I listened to Paul Simon interviewed on the Smartless podcast the other day. Yeah, and they were freaking out. They were like, "I we don't even know what to say." Like you're part of our life and blah blah blah. And Paul Simon said, "The music you listen to when you're young, you know, in your teen years, becomes part of your DNA. Like not like anything else, right? Like it's we can listen true. to music now, but the music you listen to." in your teen years when you're growing up is part of your life. Yes. And I feel like that with Richard, you know. Really? Yeah. It's so true. Um, and Daisy is awesome. And I really like her. And I'm going to have to get your her number and information because I need to reach out she, to her she's, personally uh, to tell she's... her that I want to be best friends. And um, <laughs> and her 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 business is incredible. Like I was looking up, you know, her whole line and she's the entrepreneur. She's a serious businesswoman. I'm, she's always been a beautiful, shining light, always so positive. Like, you know, I don't know, just one of those friends you have that that you just love forever. So well, that was amazing. Um, all right. But we got to end it. We got to end yeah, it. Yeah, we got to we'll end see. it. All right. We'll be back in a week. Thank you for listening. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and give us five stars. And please follow us on Instagram at HeyDudeThe90sCalled. See you next time. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. 
Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. He was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful. Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.